This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. We're here to help you find something great to read. Hello, this is Books and Nachos. Thanks for joining us for our first episode. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Arnie. I'm host of a podcast called Star Wars Action News. And while it's focused on Star Wars collecting, part of that collecting is book collecting, which has led to the spinoff, the Star Wars Action News Book Club. And through Star Wars Action News, we've reviewed a number of books, and I've gotten the chance to talk to a lot of great authors. And through the interest in the Star Wars books, I've had several of the authors and many of our listeners ask us to start looking at other types of books because the viewpoint we bring to books is one with a pop culture perspective. And that's something that's kind of hard to find in a book review. And so in response to that request, we are bringing you Books and Nachos, where we are going to be reviewing all kinds of books, fiction, nonfiction, graphic novels. If you find it in a bookstore, we'll be reviewing it here. So thank you for joining us. And I hope that you will visit our website, booksandnachos.com for future episodes as well. And for our first book, we're taking a look at a nonfiction book called A Walk Through the Book of Matthew, Youth Style, by author Jamie Estes. Jamie is a youth pastor who has written this book as kind of a daily devotional, and Jamie is here to talk to us about what inspired him to write this book and what you'll find inside. We are here with Jamie Estes, author of A Walk Through the Book of Matthew, Youth Style. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you today? Doing good, thanks. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book? Well, I was actually uh, a youth pastor for about six and a half years. And before that, I I worked with youth and uh, have worked in in the church walls all my life. And one thing that I've learned is that uh, while a lot of people love to read the Bible, a lot of people don't really get as much out of it as they want to. They will uh, read some scripture, they will read a verse, and they that's it. They walk away and go, well, what now? And so what I thought I could do was, uh, through God's help, is I actually sat down and used some lessons that we've uh, taught in the church and uh, uh, some life experiences to create a small devotional-type book that someone can read the uh, scripture, use the illustration and the story that uh, I place in the in the chapter, and then the the following thoughts, and then reflect on it. So they actually are reading the same verses they were reading on their own, yet they come out of it with meaningful substance. So how were you able to take that and transform it into something where they were able to get substance? In your opinion, when I uh, was working with youth. The, the main thing that I found out was if you don't capture their attention and give them something that they can look at and relate to, then they're not going to connect. So what I tried to do is in each and every chapter, I tried to relate a story of today with it. Uh, for example, you know, if, if we're talking about being kind to other people, You know, I tried to give them the uh, illustration of, you know, when you're driving down the road, do you really want to cut that person off or do you want to give them the opportunity to to slide into traffic and give them something to think about? In some situations, there's a lot deeper illustrations, 
but it's my hope that they come away with, from it with something to think about to, to carry on through their day so that they not only just read the Scripture and they're done, but they read the Scripture, and then by remembering this illustration, it continues to bring the Scripture back to them. I'd like to go a little bit deeper into the interpretation of the Scripture, if I could. You talked about your analogy of the traffic. Yes. Now, I've been cut off many times and in fact flipped off by people who have you know the jesus fish and the pro god bumper stickers and things so does that make them less christian than someone who would have let me into traffic <laughs> i think it just means that at that moment they weren't focused where they need to be in the actual in scriptures you know god wants us to focus on him we're you know we don't need to focus on this world because as jesus said we're going to the next one. You know, we're we're striving for heaven, and the problem that and it's it, it's brought up in the scriptures many times. The problem that Christians, non Christians, you know, humans as a whole, is we get so wrapped up in now and in what we're seeing at this moment that we tend to forget about the repercussions of what we do. One analogy that I really like, and it's totally movie based. <laughs> is uh, the butterfly effect. You know, everything that you do, while you may not see it, it makes a large impact somewhere else. For example, the person with the Jesus bumper sticker that cuts you off in traffic, you know, <laughs> that that makes an impact on you, and you remember that. Whereas you may not have remembered it as much if they had let you in, but you would not would not have that negative connotation toward that person if they had, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Now, why did you choose the book of Matthew? There's, you know, so many books of the Bible. Why that one? Honestly, I, I chose the book of Matthew because I just enjoy it. I can read the book of Matthew over and over again and really get something different out of it every time. I relate to a lot of the illustrations and the stories in the book of Matthew, and um, it's, it's just my favorite. Of all the books that I've taught out of, and, and you know, I've, I've read the Bible when I was in... Uh, seminary, I, I, we had to uh, read through the Bible twice, and I just, the two books that I keep coming back to is the book of Matthew and the book of Job, and one of the uh, one of the things that our youth group did was I challenged them, and we actually sat down and, and went step by step through the book of Matthew, which I think made as much of an impact on me as it did on them. <laughs> so I could have started anywhere but I think God was leaning me toward the book of Matthew just simply because I had so much interest in it. There's so many different versions of the Bible. Is this the King James version of the book of Matthew, or does it not really matter because the themes of all the different books of Matthew are the same? There, you're correct. There are different versions of the Bible. Now, one thing that I was very, I guess, particular about is I, I personally don't like someone telling me what version I need to read, you know, because... You may feel comfortable with the uh, with the King James Version. You may feel comfortable with uh, the NIV or with the Holman International. I didn't want anyone to feel left out because I didn't use that particular version. So the the layout of the book is such that there is no there's no scripture text in the book. There is in the chapters it actually send you to specific scriptures in the Bible, whichever version you want to read. So you pick out, uh, for example, in one of the lessons, it talks about uh, what, it is, what to do now. Speaking in terms of there are times in your life when you finish a major accomplishment and you go, where do I go from here? 
the scripture that goes with it was Matthew 10, verses 1 through 10. And I'll leave it there for you to pick up your Bible, for you to read that scripture, and then come back to the devotional and continue on with the lesson. I really wanted uh, twofold, I guess, I wanted, one, people to really get a good understanding of what they were reading, and two, I really wanted them to turn the pages in their Bible and actually use it. You keep calling this a devotional. For those who may not be familiar with that term, why don't you explain what a devotional is and how a Christian would use that in their life? Certainly. A devotional is basically a term that was coined that God wants us to use time each day with Him. And Jesus was quoted as saying that we should spend time in prayer with God. One of the best ways we can talk to God is by reading the Scriptures. So a a phrase that was coined was devotion time. In other words, time that you are devoted to reading your Scripture, to praying. So a devotional simply is an assistance in your Scripture. Because anybody can pick up a Bible, open it up, and just point their finger somewhere and start reading. However, you really can't get as much out of it just by randomly grabbing things versus if you actually read the entire text in its entirety. Now, not everybody has three to four hours a day to read an entire book. So what a devotional does is it breaks it up into smaller chunks that are easily digestible in 10 to 15 minutes. So you can devote 10 minutes a day to sit down, read that particular scripture with the devotional to get a an assistance from the devotional out of it, and then go on about the rest of your day, taking that lesson with you the next day, start with another one. So a devotional simply is as an assistance to helping you on a specific path in your Bible reading. So if this is helping you with your Bible reading, then is it a supplement for the Bible reading? Could we just read your book instead of the book of Matthew? Actually, no. You could read my book. However, I wanted it designed in such a way that you couldn't just read my book. I know that that doesn't make a lot of a lot of sense. Let me explain. If you read just my book, the Bible scripture is there. Uh, in other words, the reference to the scripture is there, but the actual scripture is not printed in the book. So you would read the lesson. You would read the story, maybe get a few laughs out of the uh, illustration, but you really would miss the entire meaning for the book. It's not a cliff notes to the Bible. It's more of a, a, a supplement. It's a, it's a commentary to go along with these scriptures. Now, in the title, you put the words youth style. So what age range are you targeting your book for? I'm really... It, it's targeted for anybody. I use the words youth style. <laughs> Honestly, it goes back to a um, an inside joke is that in a particular church that I was in and I was the uh, youth pastor, it seemed that there was a magical age of about 22 years old, that once you reached that age, it was thought that you need to be completely serious and have a frown on your face and never enjoy yourself ever again. Or at least that was the look that was that was sent out. So one thing that we tried to do was we tried to keep everything youth style, so to speak. In other words, keep it energetic, keep it lighthearted. I, I really do believe the gospel is very serious, but think that you know God gave us humor, God gave us a sense of humor, and I think we need to laugh and we need to have fun and enjoy ourselves. 
And one thing that we started, uh, and it was three years in the making, was we actually brought in uh, the older people in the church. And by older, I mean anybody from 25-year-olds to 40-year-olds to 60-year-olds. And we actually got them to loosen up and to act more, quote-unquote, youth-style. And really, they enjoyed their relationship with God, their church time better, and it really made it to something they wanted to do, not something they had to do. So when when I wrote the book, I wanted to pass along the the title Youth Style, some as a homage to that church, and in, in another way, a reminder to anybody that it doesn't matter how old you are, it's how old you feel. It's how old you think, you know, in your mind you are. So it's it's a great book for teenagers, but I found that I've gotten a lot better feedback uh, from the 25 to the 40-year-old range who have sat down and read the book because they can relate more to uh, some of the jokes and illustrations on a different level than the youth do, and they tend to get a lot of things out of the book that the youth miss. So are you at all concerned that by having youth style in the title, you might be missing a potential audience that you could reach instead of if you'd put, say, lighthearted style? Well, it's funny you say that because that thought did cross my mind about 20 minutes after the printing press started. (laughs) (laughs) And at that moment, it was, well, there's nothing you can do about it now. (laughs) So... That was something that was brought up to me, and I'm not kidding, maybe 20 minutes after they hit publish. And then and the printing press started running as uh, one of the gentlemen who works for uh, the printing company looked at me and, and asked the same question you did. So <laughs> would I have changed the title if I'd have thought about it earlier? You know, I really don't know. I think it, it gets the message across to hopefully those that need it. And who knows, somebody might pick it up for their kids and end up getting more out of it than they they thought to. Have you had any stories of anyone who has read your book and then had their life or their views changed by it? Well, I actually do. I had a gentleman that uh, uh, he emailed me and said that he was going through the book and using it as a uh, daily devotion. And one of the chapters talks about, you want me to do what is the name of the chapter? And it talks about... God asking you to do things that you perhaps don't think you're ready for. And in his words, he finished the devotion, prayed about it, and went on about his merry way. And he said one of the things that he prayed that day was that he would be open to whatever God wanted him to do. And he was actually called into a meeting at at his office where his boss informed him that they wanted to move him to another facility to be in charge of the facility. The problem was is that his entire background was in human resources. They wanted him to become a plant manager. Not only that, they wanted him to move two states away. And he said the first, his first thought was, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not uprooting my family. And then he goes on in his email and said, but he got to thinking back about the lesson of the day of that day and the scripture that went along with that lesson and realized that this was what God wanted him to do. Long story short, he went to the uh, new state, started uh, working there and uh, turned the plant around. And actually, it's one of the most productive plants for that corporation now. And he he gives all the thanks to God, which is, is rightly so. You know, uh, God just so happened to put that scripture in front of him on the right day, uh, just, you know, using my book. 
That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. In the book, there are some notes pages at the end of each chapter. How would you envision someone using those notes? Well, I'm hoping that this will be a book that you won't just read and then throw away. This is a book that you'll, as you finish each chapter, as the previous story I told you, as you finish the chapter, if experiences happen that really affect your life or your perspective, that you'll just write them down. Any notes that come to you that uh, a lot of the chapters, I've included questions that are open-ended for you to ask yourself. And it's sort of a reflection on where do I see me going from here? I added the notes so that you can write those down that maybe a year later you pull the book out, you read those notes, and you, you analyze your life now compared to where it was a year ago, and are you on the same track that you thought you would be in? We keep saying how this book is for Christians, but there's so many different types of Christianity, Protestant, Baptist, Southern Baptist, and so on. What are you, and would this book be applicable only to that or would it be applicable to Catholics and all the other types of Christianity as well? well I, I really envision and hope that this book will be uh, applicable to anyone who wants to go deeper uh, in the Bible. This book is not grounded on a specific denomination. It is set up in such a way that if you are interested in the Bible, in the Scriptures, through Matthew, this book is a, a way to help you go through those Scriptures and hold your hand. Uh, my biggest fear and uh, one of my major concerns that I had working with youth was a lot of times I saw people hand a 14-year-old a Bible and say, you know, this is your Bible, you need to read it, and just read it and learn it. Well, if you spend any time at all, there are questions that come up uh, when you read Scripture. The disciples who followed Jesus around asked him questions daily. So I'm not, please don't think that I'm putting myself on the uh, same level as Jesus. What I'm trying to do is to give someone the opportunity to have some feedback on a friend level as they're reading the scriptures. Something to compare it to today instead of just looking at the Bible and saying, well, this was written 2,000 years ago. How does it apply to me today? What I tried to do was to show people that there is an opportunity for you to apply it to your life daily. I would hope that this would would appeal to both, uh, you know, you were talking about Baptists and Protestants. Well, you know, as far as Baptists go, there's um, at last last time I heard a count, there was 521 different denominations of Baptists alone. What I'm hoping is that this will not only appeal to Baptists but Catholics and even those that don't go to church. You know, those that for whatever reason aren't involved, that they can actually sit down with a Bible and with this book and make their relationship with God that much better. Because it, in the end. Although going to church is helpful to you, it's all about a relationship between you and God. Have you thought about doing any more of these books? Maybe you would mention that the book of Job moved you, maybe a walkthrough of Job or some of the other books of the Bible? Uh, I, I really have, and call me cheesy, I think that's one of the requirements for being a uh, or working with teenagers, is you have to be a little bit cheesy and a whole lot corny, is that... I've actually finished the manuscripts for the book of John and the book of Luke. 
And this is where getting corny comes into it, is that I called this one a walk through the book of Matthew. The next one I had was a leap into the book of Luke and a jump into the Luke of John. Or, I'm sorry, a jump into the book of John. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a little corny. But, uh, With the alliteration, maybe you should have called it a meandering through the book of Matthew. I like it. See, where, where were you 30 minutes before we pushed the publishing button? I could have wiped out the whole name, and, you know, you and I could be sitting on the top 10 New York's best, uh, or New York Times top 10 list right now. Actually, I don't think Meander is a good book title. <laughs> I think uh, Walk is far more powerful than <laughs> Well, Jamie, oh. thank you for taking some time to talk to us about this book. I think that it really could help, like you said, both youth and adults to understand and think about things in a different way. Because I know that when I've tried to read the Bible, it's one of those things. It's almost like I've I read the Bible almost the same way that I tried to read The Hobbit, where your eyes are going over the words, but you're not really getting it. Right. And I think that books like this are really helpful in a way to annotate the Bible. So thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us, Jamie. And now here to review this book is Jerry. Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry, and I'm here to bring you a review of A Walk Through the Book of Matthew, Youth Style, by Jamie L. Estes. This book was published in 2007 by Author House. A Walk Through the Book of Matthew is a devotion guide that includes 25 different lessons throughout the Gospel according to Matthew. Jamie Estes has compiled this series of lessons in a way that an individual can have personal devotion time just within 5 or 15 minutes or use the content as the basis for a youth devotion. As Mr. Estes has quoted from the back cover of Sand, I've also tried to organize each chapter in such a way that they could be used as devotional lessons with a youth group when you need a 5-minute lesson during a pizza party. According to the introduction, this book came from a 2-year period inspired from the lessons he prepared for his youth group. The lessons span from Matthew chapter 4 through chapter 25, with a particular emphasis on the Sermon on the Mount, which is very appropriate given that is 100% direct teachings from Christ himself. Each lesson covers as little as four verses up to an entire chapter's worth of content. Topics include things such as being a Christian without fear, dealing with anger, using your talents, and following the crowd. Each lesson is broken up into three parts, the introduction, scripture, and reflect. The introduction of each lesson usually includes an anecdote from the author's personal experience that relates to the biblical topic. They are effective in setting up the scripture and their real-world application. The humor is good and makes for a good casual introduction. Here's an example from Lesson 12, which is entitled, Because We've Always Done It That Way. Can you think of something that your family does every year at a certain time? I know that our family has a tradition on Christmas Eve of ordering pizzas and hamburgers. Why, you ask? Well, it started several years ago when something happened and we couldn't have a big meal, so we did what we could. The scripture section references and breaks down each grouping of verses in which the author offers his comments and explanations of the specific verses and how it relates to the topic of the lesson. No actual Bible passages are printed in this booklet. This is likely due to the limitation of the public domain versions that can be printed, but I like it because it encourages the reader to go to their own Bible and follow along with these passages. A side effect is that it doesn't alienate people based on the version of choice. Personally, I'm a strict user of the King James Bible and may have been turned off if an alternate version was referenced. Each lesson contains one to two pages worth of a notes area for the reader to jot down their thoughts. This is a convenient and handy way for the reader to reflect and immediately capture their thoughts about the topic without trying to cram their notes into the margin. Overall, each lesson is only three to four pages long and can easily be read in just a couple of minutes. For a group Bible study, these lessons do provide good topics and generate some thoughts that can be shared with a group. 
For personal Bible study, this can act as a supplement to studying through Matthew, but really cannot stand alone. It could act as a good guide for new Christians not yet familiar with the book of Matthew. My only real criticism of the book are the occasional typos. There are a few examples where Bible verses are typed incorrectly, but it's certainly easy enough to determine what was meant. There's also this one instance of an incorrect Bible reference. When Lesson 1 talks of Satan tempting Jesus, we are told that Jesus quotes Ephesians 6.17 to the devil. Well, Christ actually references Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus certainly wouldn't be quoting a New Testament passage. A New Testament passage would be quoting him. The book wraps up with a brief testimony from the author and how he became a Christian. So if you're interested in trying something different with the group Bible study you're leading, or if you're just looking for a fresh approach to understanding the Gospel of Matthew, then definitely give a walk through the book of Matthew, youth style, by Jamie L. Estes a try. Thank you, and now back to Books and Nachos. Thanks for that review, Jerry. And remember, you can find a walk through the Book of Matthew youth style on Amazon.com. There's a link directly from our homepage at BooksandNachos.com. Thank you for listening to our first episode, and I'm going to be back next week reviewing the new Iron Man novel, Femme Fatalis, by Robert Greenberger. This is a brand new novel based on the Marvel comic superhero. So join us next week at BooksandNachos.com. And if there's a book you'd like us to review in a future show, drop us an email at show at BooksandNachos.com, all spelled out, no ampersands, show at BooksandNachos.com. And we'll see about getting it reviewed on a future podcast. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is copyright 2009 Venganza Media Incorporated. Music